Shortlisted is brought to you by Future Women's Jobs Academy. Getting back to work after a career break isn't easy. Future Women's Jobs Academy is a free online program supported by the Australian Government. It's proven to increase confidence and connect women with meaningful and flexible jobs. Apply today at jobsacademy.futurewomen.com. We'll support you to find the right job and thrive. Nothing makes a person go weak at the knees quite like a job interview. Enter Shortlisted, a podcast by Future Women where Helen McCabe and I hold your virtual hand, walking with you every step of the way, right to the interview door and straight onto the shortlist. In this episode, we prepare you for the questions you can't really prepare for. From which kitchen utensil best represents your personality to how many tennis balls would fit in a Boeing 747, employers love a curveball question. We're going to explain how to stay calm, understand what the employer is trying to get at and how to reason through a great answer. Jamila, what's a curveball question? Oh, so a curveball question is one of those totally unexpected or really unconventional questions. Those questions that are designed to help the interviewer understand your personality, understand your intelligence, which in itself is terrifying, to understand your approach to critical thinking and to understand your ability to think and respond on the spot to a particularly complex set of scenarios. Let me say a few things firstly. These are highly unlikely in the public sector or in a very formalised recruitment process with strict selection criteria. They're just not going to throw these kind of curveballs in because there's such strict rules about what they can and can't ask you, what can and can't be in the selection criteria, who gets through to the interview process in the first place. It's likely to be very formal and follow a series of very expected questions. I would say you're most likely to get these wild sort of curveball questions if you're going for a job with an organisation that is a startup, that is in the sort of technology type space, that is in the consulting kind of space. Something highly creative. An ad agency, something where you need to be creative with words rather than with art, so to speak. And the only times I've been asked these kinds of questions has been by organisations that are fast moving let's break things and try things and see how they go and throw stuff at the wall. Like if there's beanbags in the office when you walk in, you're going to get a curveball question. So some examples, specific technical questions like definitions or industry concepts. Describe yourself in three words. I mean, ah! yeah. All right, you go first. Collaborative. <laughs> she hates that word, everyone. Empowered. I, She's also empowered. I hate empowered. What kitchen utensils or animal would you be? Oh, this is hard because it's the thing is to come up with a cute, funny, clever answer takes time. That's why these things are difficult. And I'm really hoping this episode isn't making everybody panic because the whole purpose of these questions is for you to give a gut quick answer. So there isn't a wrong one. No, and I reckon with both of us having poor poker faces, we'd probably express our distaste. At Why question. is that relevant? What? I'm not answering that. What's your greatest failure or happiest memory? 
Can you give me an example of a time you changed your mind about something? And then there's the really random one, folks, like what would you do if you won the lottery? How many pizzas are ordered every night in Australia? How many tennis balls fit into a Boeing 747? They seem completely absurd and silly. I think as with every question that is asked to you in an interview, and we say this again and again in this podcast, you have to think about what they want from you. And here they are trying to see how you think under pressure, what your personality is like, what your intelligence is like. Being quirky, being silly, giving an answer that is not mathematically correct is totally fine. That's right. And you can throw the question back at them too and have a laugh and don't actually give an answer because I don't think anyone really expects a proper answer. So what do you do? Be yourself. While you want to be professional and strategic, there's often no way around these questions without simply being yourself and answering authentically. I used to do it on the Today Show when Carl Stefanovic used to ask me the most absurd questions live on television. I hope this makes someone feel better about getting an awkward question because that was tough. Take your time. Stay calm. It's okay to ask to think about it and circle back at the end of the interview. They know this isn't a question you could have prepared for. So they fully expect you to kind of go, oh, I don't know. Can I answer that? in you know in a couple of minutes or can I come back to that that's a reasonable thing to say i also think that's a good character trait of an employee right if you're given a very difficult question that throws you off that you don't give a gut reaction that you take a moment to have a think and go through a process and come back with an answer i think that probably would show a potential employer a little bit about how you work yeah so explain your thought process talk it through with them go oh okay so Tennis balls in a Boeing 747, so tennis balls, how big's a tennis ball? Like just just kind of start to kind of go through the thinking that might be required to answer that question seriously and see if you can just get away with it. It's like your maths test in your final exams, right? If you just write the correct answer, you don't get all the points. They want to see you're working. They want to see how your brain works. Again, no right or wrong answers here. One of the best questions I've ever been asked in an interview, which has stayed with me ever since, was tell me about your oldest friend. And at the end of the interview, I went back and said, can you tell me why you why you asked that? Like, why was that relevant? And the interviewer said to me that firstly, they liked to understand how people related to their friends, what they valued in a friend, and that question often got there. And if a person didn't have many old friends, if their oldest friend was quite recent, there was usually a reason for that. And it was interesting to understand, were you a kid that moved around a lot? And how did that shape your personality? Were you the kind of kid that struggled to fit in in school and after school and didn't find your types until you hit the workforce or similar? That it started a conversation about who the person was in terms of their character rather than anything else. Are these questions in that example often masking some kind of bias? Yeah, I think so. I think these questions are hugely, hugely biased. I don't think there would be many organisations who make a final decision on a question like this and this alone. If they are, I think that's pretty perverse. But I do think they tend to be asked by organisations who have a type that they have a type of person, type of personality who they like to work with and who they want to work with. And it can mean they've got a pretty homogenous culture. I reckon I'm being a bit judgmental there, but. Look, and I think it's worth noting that. So if you get one of those questions about who's your oldest friend, is the bias that you want to see whether that 
future employee has long-term friendships and you're going to judge them accordingly. And as you say, Jan, there might be very, very good reasons for why you don't. What if you draw a blank? (sighs) Stay calm. Stay calm. Do not panic. Be professional. I think you don't want to sit there going, oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, ah, I don't know. I don't know. You're not on who wants to be a millionaire. You know what I mean? Like don't react like you're having a little panic attack, even if that is what is going on. Try to stay calm. There's nothing wrong with saying, wow, what an unusual question. I didn't see that one coming. Do you mind? Buy yourself some time. Buy some time by talking and say something like, could you clarify it for me? what you'd like to know or understand from me in answering that question. You're allowed to ask questions in response to the question. As Helen's already mentioned, you're allowed to ask for time. There's nothing wrong with saying, that is fascinating. Do you mind if I have a little bit more time and we continue our conversation and we loop back to this at the end? Also perfectly reasonable. And finally, just give it your best shot. I think interviewers want to see you rise to the challenge. They want to see you give an answer, whatever that answer is, and they want to see that you can explain your thinking. And your thinking and the insight that might come through from your thinking is far more important than the answer itself. Yep, absolutely right. And I I do agree with Jamila. If you're one of those people that does freeze, which is completely normal, ask a question back. Just, Just go, oh, that's a interesting question. How big is a Boeing 747? You know, just just buy yourself time with a response and see if you can, if the, the interview moves on and you can kind of scooch around that one. Tough one, won't happen very often. We're just trying to give you all the answers in case you do find yourself in one of those really tricky spots. Shortlisted is produced by Future Women's Jobs Academy. To apply to join, head to jobsacademy.futurewomen.com or go to futurewomen.com to become a Future Women member today.